Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. This is the Anesthesia Learn on the Go podcast series from the University of Kentucky Department of Anesthesiology. In these episodes, we will provide a high-yield clinical review of some of the common topics encountered by anesthesiologists at all levels. The following episode will be recorded by a member of our department at UK. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at UK Anesthesia and subscribe to the University of Kentucky Department of Anesthesiology YouTube channel for our video cast. Now fire up your headphones, relax, and let's talk anesthesia. Hello. Today we'll be talking about intraoperative hypoxemia with differential diagnosis and treatment. Before we dive in, we need to discuss a few definitions as well as recall a few equations so we can think through our problem solving. I will be making references to bearish clinical anesthesia 8th edition, including page numbers. <clears throat> the term hypoxia and hypoxemia are not synonymous. Hypoxemia is defined as a decrease in the partial pressure of oxygen in the blood, whereas hypoxia is defined by reduced level of tissue oxygenation. It can be due to either defective delivery or defective utilization of oxygen by the tissues. Hypoxemia and hypoxia do not always coexist. Patients can develop hypoxemia without hypoxia if there is a compensatory increase in hemoglobin level and cardiac output. Similarly, there can be hypoxia without hypoxemia. In cyanide poisoning, for example, cells are unable to utilize oxygen despite having normal blood and tissue oxygen levels. In the OR, presuming you are not using a PA catheter to measure mixed venous, you do not have cerebral oximetry to measure tissue oxygenation of the brain, and you are not sending ABGs or VBGs, then your measure of oxygenation in a patient is the pulse oximeter. Remember that a pulse oximeter only shows you a functional saturation that is designed, but not without flaw, to represent the true arterial oxygen saturation, or SAO2. Some important equations that you will need to know for this discussion are as follows. I will reference them by name throughout the rest of the presentation. Take just a moment, pause this, and turn to page 1709 in your bearish book so that you can see these. The first equation is alveolar oxygen tension. Alveolar oxygen tension, or P big A O2, is equal to PB minus PH2O, which is the barometric pressure minus water vapor pressure, or 760 minus 47 at 37 degrees Celsius at sea level, times the FiO2, which is 0.21 at room air, minus PaCO2 over R, where PaCO2 is the alveolar carbon dioxide tension, is assumed to be equal to arterial PCO2, and R is the respiratory quotient, a measure of CO2 produced per oxygen consumed, and is approximately 0.8 at steady state on standard diet, but can be higher or lower based on a protein, carbohydrate, or fat-heavy diet. Arterial oxygen content, C little AO2, is equal to SAO2, the arterial hemoglobin saturation percentage by oxygen as a decimal, times total hemoglobin times 1.34, plus PaO2, the measured partial pressure of oxygen in the blood, times 0.0031, representing the small fraction of arterial oxygen that is dissolved. <clears throat> Intrapulmonary shunt is another equation represented as QS over QT. 
QS is the blood flow to the non-ventilated or shunt areas, and QT is total pulmonary blood flow. It is equal to CCO2 minus CaO2 over CCO2 minus CVO2, where CCO2 is the end capillary oxygen content of the effective gas exchanging unit, and CaO2 and CVO2 are the arterial and mixed venous blood oxygen content, respectively. AA gradient, represented as P big AO2 minus P little AO2, represents the difference in alveolar and arterial oxygen pressure, normally less than 10 millimeters mercury in a young, healthy person. <clears throat> now with these at hand, we can continue our discussion. Hypoxemia is a decrease in the partial pressure of oxygen in the arterial blood. In the most accurate sense, this is a low P little AO2, which is a number that is measured, not calculated. Hypoxemia has several possible causes. VQ mismatch, right-to-left shunt, diffusion impairment, hypoventilation, and low FiO2. Note that hypoxia, which would be evident by increased products of anaerobic metabolism and or signs of in-organ damage, has additional causes. First, VQ mismatch. VQ mismatch is an abnormal relationship between lung perfusion and lung ventilation, which can lead to hypoxemia. Remember that a normal V to Q is about 0.8. However, this is variable within the lungs themselves based on several factors. Recall west zones of the lungs. You can see them on page 372. Further, VQ matching worsens with age secondary to an increased AA gradient, with a decrease in P little AO2 by about 0.43 millimeters of mercury per year after the age of 70. VQ mismatch is the most common cause of hypoxemia and is only caused directly by low V to Q ratio, areas where perfusion is much greater than ventilation, Q greater than V. A sudden and exceptionally high VQ mismatch can induce low VQ in other areas of the lung and subsequently cause hypoxemia as well. Consider a large pulmonary embolism, which blocks a significant segment of perfusion to the lung. That lung is still ventilating, but the blood flow that was normally perfusing that lung is now being sent to other areas of the lung, increasing their Q or perfusion. If this is not countered by a subsequent increase in ventilation in those areas of the lung, then hypoxemia can be induced. Normally, VQ mismatching is counteracted by a process unique to the pulmonary vasculature called hypoxic pulmonary vasoconstriction. When low levels of oxygen are detected by the oxygen-sensitive channels in the pulmonary arteries and arterioles, they induce constriction and shunt blood toward areas of greater ventilation or higher oxygen levels to maintain the VQ ratio. So who is at risk of hypoxemia due to VQ mismatch? Patients with asthma, COPD, bronchiectasis, cystic fibrosis, interstitial lung disease, and pulmonary hypertension. Many of these patients may be maxed out on intrinsic hypoxic pulmonary vasoconstriction and will be very sensitive to changes in VQ ratio. Treatment and diagnosis of VQ mismatch depends on the reason for the mismatch. Listening to the patient, a common diagnostic tool that should be used in all cases is very useful. Do you hear wheezing? 
absent areas of ventilation, perhaps a pneumothorax or mainstem intubation, no breath sounds at all, disconnected circuit, or misplaced ET2? If so, treat these problems. VQ mismatch is temporarily treated with increases in FiO2 and is signified by an increased AA gradient. Next we have shunt. Shunt is a condition by which blood passes from the right heart or venous circulation to the left heart or arterial circulation, bypassing the lungs and ventilation entirely. Physiologically, shunt exists in about 2-3% of cardiac output, secondary to bronchial veins and Thebesian veins, which drain the bronchi and some coronaries directly into the pulmonary veins and left ventricle, respectively. Shunt is simply the extreme of VQ mismatch, where VQ ratio equals zero. Shunt fraction is a measurement of shunt severity and is calculated by the QSQT equation referenced earlier. Perhaps a more reasonable approach, shunt fraction can be estimated by the ratio of PaO2 to FiO2, or PF ratio, where a PF ratio less than 200 correlates to a shunt fraction of 20% or greater. Some features that help diagnose shunt include lack of hypercapnia, generally true unless shunt fraction exceeds 50%, an elevated AA gradient, and most importantly, a generally poor response to oxygen therapy. When dealing with intraoperative hypoxemia that does not improve with increases in FiO2, consider shunt. Like VQ mismatch, there are several causes of shunt that should be treated independently. Pneumonia, treated with antibiotics or abscess drainage, pulmonary edema with diuresis or positive pressure ventilation in the event of non-fluid overload pulmonary edema, ARDS, lung protective ventilation, and treat the cause, alveolar collapse or atelectasis, recruitment maneuvers and addition of PEEP, anatomical shunt or direct AV communications. Here you optimize hemodynamics and in the event of ASD-VSD, surgical correction. Hypoxemia, secondary to true diffusion abnormality, is generally rare. Oxygen transport from the alveoli to the capillaries is mediated by an AA gradient that is dependent solely on diffusion. There are no channels. It reasons, then, that diffusion-mediated hypoxemia would be hallmarked by a significant AA gradient. While you might expect PaCO2 to be elevated here as well, the significantly greater solubility of CO2 as well as stimulation of the respiratory centers to increase ventilation, keep PaCO2 relatively normal. While diffusion is limited, it can be overcome by increasing FiO2 and driving more diffusion. Diffusion-caused hypoxemia can be due to decreased area of diffusion, such as a surfactant deficiency in premature births and emphysematous lungs, or thickened membranes increasing the distance for diffusion. Consider interstitial lung diseases and inflammatory diseases. Hypoventilation, another cause, was discussed largely in the VQ mismatch portion, but it's important to note some anesthesia and disease-specific causes of hypoventilation. Too low tidal volumes, too infrequent respiratory rate, machine failure, circuit leak, drug overdose, inadequate reversal of neuromuscular blocking drugs, decreased compliance, secondary to obesity, pulmonary fibrosis, pregnancy, increased resistance to ventilation from bronchospasm, diseases of the neuromuscular pathway from central 
like brainstem herniation and ALS to the periphery, such as Guillain-Barre or myasthenia gravis. Lastly, low inhaled oxygen content can lead to hypoxemia. Intraoperative causes of this might include machine failure, pipeline supply failure, pipeline tank mix-ups, exhausted O2 tanks. Other rare but unique circumstances might include low pressure systems where FiO2 of room air is still 21%, but the partial pressure of O2 is decreased, secondary to overall decrease in atmospheric pressure. The classic breathing on Mount Everest situation. In summary, there are many reasons that hypoxemia can occur, and these fail to include causes of hypoxia, such as increased oxygen utilization, decreased oxygen delivery, and decreased oxygen offloading or utilization. If you are in the operating room and you are dealing with hypoxemia, follow these steps. Call for help and increase the FiO2, and then listen to the patient. From here, you can start to differentiate which category of hypoxemia your patient fits into and develop your diagnosis to begin appropriate treatment. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have ideas for future podcasts, please reach out to us via email at learnonthego at uky.edu. Don't forget to follow us on our social media accounts as well on Instagram and Twitter, UK Anesthesia. From all of us at UK Department of Anesthesiology, have a great day.